with digital, you can just kind of fire off and shoot so many frames where, you know, you're almost not even thinking about it sometimes. You kind of lose it where like almost like what you're trying to capture where film brought me back to that, like what I'm waiting more for a moment to happen. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, the upcoming printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today I am talking with one of New York's best and most creative and most sought-after fashion photographers, Landon McMahon. Landon, how are every- how's everything over in New York this afternoon? Uh, doing well, thanks. Yeah, everything's great. I'm actually actually in Philadelphia today. Okay, well, <laughs> how, are th- how are things in Philadelphia then? No, it's going well. Yeah, everything's good. <laughs> Wonderful. Yep. Uh, you you are doing work that so many of us imagine for ourselves. Um, you, you pick up a camera and fashion photography, uh, working with models, working with beautiful settings and exotic locations. I think is is at some point a dream of of every photographer. How did you get started? Uh, first, just in photography. I mean, do you remember your first camera and stuff? And then. Beyond that, how did you get started in the world of fashion? I guess uh, I, I was I never went to school for photography. I never um, was really that interested in photography until until um, about twelve years ago. And I was living in Florida, and I was doing real estate um, out of college. I just wanted to kind of make money and. Um, I didn't really have a passion for real estate as much. I just kind of just wanted to do something. And I was kind of trading some uh, skills I've learned just like in production and other things for this magazine uh, and trade for my real estate ad because real estate ads were really expensive and I was just getting started. And I was like, I can help you put together photo shoots. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we got photographers from like New York and other places to come down here? And we started having photographers come down and I didn't really know that side of the industry. I didn't know I was like meeting these interesting people and they were like traveling the world and working with models and all these crews and just like it looks looked very like, um, you know, kind of glamorous from the outside. And I was like, wow. And so that at that kind of moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to become a photographer. I was like, this looks so cool. I didn't know anything about photography. And I remember this one photographer came down and he had a house with a wife, his wife and kids in Florida, but mainly lived in New York too, kind of back and forth. And he's like, you know, I I, I could use someone to kind of almost like at that point, like just carry my luggage for me type of thing like be like a third or fourth assistant and so I was like you know I'll do anything so I got out of real estate right away I I started doing that started traveling um just kind of worked my way up learning more about photography and lighting and and all those types of things and 
And then one day I met a stylist for DKNY and she was like, wow, you should like, you know, you're, I, I, at that point I was like, wow, I just want to start building on my own. Like a lot of other photographers, they, you know, out of like school or whatever it is, they want to, it's good to, to learn from someone that's already very successful. Everyone wanted to like, at that point, you know, that was into fashion, wanted to work with like a Mario Testino, even if they were like just a production assistant at that point or whatever and work their way up or uh, Annie Leibowitz or someone like that. And um, I kind of basically just met this stylist and just kind of moved to New York and who is my wife now, she was my girlfriend at the time, we moved together. She always wanted to move to New York and we moved there together and I started shooting e-com for, for these brands um, and other brands too. Uh, and I just, it just kind of went on from there. Like a lot of photographers you see today, um, they kind of just like assisted, they went to school maybe. And then they assisted like um, a couple um, like well-known photographers and kind of went on their own. Uh, mine was kind of taking the more road of like e-com was starting to get popular at that time. And I was like, I just need to take e-com as more of a kind of like a grad school type of approach. And, mm-hmm. um, and just learn as much as I can. And just, you know, it was like a everyday thing. You get kind of really burned out and um, it's not as much creativity involved. So some companies more than others, but uh, but yeah, just kind of. So you know. were you doing this on your own dime and then cold calling art directors? Or when you say you started shooting for, that's oftentimes the most difficult step. It was. So I had um, a lot of connections with magazines in Florida and they started um, publishing my work. And then I took that portfolio to studios in New York that had that had clients that they shot e-com e-commerce for. And then that's kind of how I broke into the industry. And I got that through people that I met while I was assisting these New York photographers. Mm-hmm. And and now your clients include Anthropology and Google and Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus and Google and Lacoste. I mean, it's it's been a successful uh, evolution for you. Uh, you. You told me once that you inherited your mother's love of fashion and, and what you called her meticulous eye for beauty. What, was she a big influence in your uh, desire to be a photographer? Uh, definitely. I didn't realize that till later. Um, I'm an only child and I just remember my mother was really into fashion growing up and also interior design, just everything. Uh, she had really good taste and a really good eye for everything. And she kind of like taught me, this is how things go together. And like, you know, she always, I was always the kid. It was maybe even a little couple minutes late to school growing up, which maybe, you know, wasn't the best thing. <laughs> But uh, but because she wanted me to look good in my clothes and everything, so uh, it kind of all paid off in the end. Uh, but it absolutely. But uh, she was very into that, and that kind of rubbed off on me over the years. And I kind of looking back at it, I was like, wow, that kind of really sprung me into what I do today. 
Uh, you were well turned out in the mornings, as they used to say. The <laughs> Um, we have a mutual friend who um, got connected by one of my former students, uh, Eliza Hartman, is now a very successful uh, model. And I asked her about working with you, and, I, and you know this quote already. Um, you, you said in an email to me that you know, your ability to capture optimism and happiness are a reflection of your own positive energy. And Eliza said that the first time she worked with you, you walked in and started talking like you'd been her best friend uh, for years. And that is, is what she thinks makes you stand out from other photographers. She says, it's not like you're trying to make an image. It's that you want to find authenticity in a model and celebrate that. So talk to me about optimism. Talk to me about celebrating authenticity in a world that is uh, highly art-directed and, and really going after a certain brand identity? Well, I think, first off, now that, um, I guess I was saying back when I was doing like real estate before I got into like my passion, like I didn't know I really even like what a passion was. And then I got into photography. I really do truly enjoy and love what I do. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm excited to go to work and work with all these like great people that are really talented. And it's just, it's just such a fun experience, you know, always playing music on set and always like really good vibes and, um, and just keeping that positive energy. And I think that when I'm a very people person and I really do kind of, uh, strive off other people's enthusiasm and Eliza is, you know, very like always smiling and really happy. And usually when people meet me, I usually have a smile on my face because it's like, you know, we're going there to do a shoot and I'm really excited about it. And um, so it was really easy with her because she is such a friendly person. She's so nice. She's beautiful. She's a great model. And I think that, um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, um, you just, you know, you really just have to have a great attitude and there's really no secret or, or way you just kind of like, it's, you know, you just have to feel comfortable in what you're doing. And I know I have the support of amazing team. So I, I have that there to kind of give me confidence too. And, um, and I just, I let, you know, the models like, uh, you know, I just try to really capture what they give me. And if it's, if it's, a, if you really connect with someone, then, you know, they're going to give you a lot of great things for you to capture. And yeah. they, that, that relationship between uh, subject and photographer, I think is important no matter what kind of photography uh, people are doing. Um, you mentioned team just a second ago. Talk, talk to me about a standard team for a New York or, or an international photo shoot. Um, the art director, the photographer, the model, the, the assistants, the grips, that kind of stuff. Um, how many people typically are involved with a, a fashion shoot, these, a high-end fashion shoot these days? And who's making the decisions? Um, I think there's probably, you know, anywhere from like, crews with just like 15 people to like 60 people um on a shoot at all times depending on um if you're shooting a campaign or if it's just a catalog or you know whatever it is uh different companies you know it's it's, it's kind of different for each company for each brand but 
I think that it's, I don't know. I think it's basically like the, the art, I work really well with art directors. I know they have a lot of pressure and because they have to bring back like this great shoot that they promised to their creative directors and their VPs and CEOs of that brand. So you definitely want to make them feel comfortable and good about the shoot. Um, and the more this excited they are, then they can relay that information to those creative directors, VPs, presidents, CEOs, etc. So, uh, you know, and then, and then I tip the art director and creative directors typically just kind of, we just go through it. They talk to me, we kind of come up with a game plan. If we veer off the game plan, that's fine. Um, that's kind of what the great thing is working in the creative industry. And then I convey all that information to the models, um, just kind of like the vibe we want today and what we're doing and everything. And, um, you know, the, the photographers end up looking really good a lot of the time, but the models, like, you know, they, you know, at the end of the day, it's everyone. It's, it's the models, the hair and makeup, the, um, the assistants, the digital techs, uh, the grips, the PAs, uh, the set designers, everyone plays such a crucial role. Uh, if you're missing out on one of those elements, then the shoot is just not going to look the same. And I know that uh, I feel like in this industry, photographers can get a lot of credit for the shoot. But also that kind of plays against you because if the shoot doesn't go so well, then they kind of look at the photographer for that as well. <laughs> so you, you know, you, you do have a lot on your shoulders. You do. And, and it, it is your work um, that's out there, but what decisions are made before uh, you get involved and, and what decisions are made after? I mean, is it the art director and the creative director that says we're going to do this on a mountainside in Argentina? You know, and then who decides cropping and, and final post-production stuff? So every shoot I do is different. Um, usually it starts with, you know, your agent sends you uh, kind of, this is the client, this is what they're thinking. They want to talk to you on, you know, a pre-production call, or they just want to get to know you first. Then they want to talk to you on pre-production calls. And, and so you, you speak to everyone, you kind of all chat, make sure you have a connection and you're all on the same page. Uh, and then they might ask you like, Hey, listen, we want you to help us out, help us, you know, we have casting directors and all these other people, but we want your thoughts on the models. We want your thoughts on the location. We want your thoughts on this. Sometimes they come to you with a very specific idea and say, we're just, we, we want to shoot here. This is our brand. We love this location. We see you for this shoot. Uh, you know, they kind of have a little bit more like everything in line. So it's really different per client you know, every shoot is different. Um, and then, and then post shoot, like everything after it's, it's different as well. A lot of these larger brands have their own in-house retouching team, which, um, the way I like to work in a lot of clients, uh, as well, especially now they, there's not as much retouching involved. Everything's a little bit more real, which is great. Um, 
you know, it's okay to see like flaws and things or, or what people consider flaws. And, uh, it's, I don't know. I think we're moving in like a really cool direction, uh, with the retouching. Nothing's overly retouched. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's different things like some of the clients like me to send them a PDF after like, Hey, send me your selects, what you want, what you envision. And then I do a lot of like kind of odd cropping in the camera. So it's kind of a lot of it's already crop like that. And I kind of tilt my lens a lot. I kind of do all those type of things. I leave a lot of negative space sometimes, you know, I leave, I crop in really tight. So a lot of those, I, I really don't do a lot of extra cropping afterwards. Um, sometimes I do. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, every client is different and every shoot is different. So it's it's kind of, you kind of wait to kind of relay that. I, I like to be a little bit more uh, flexible and not say like, this is exactly the way I work. I have to work like this. Uh, I think the kind of prima donna way for photographers and shooting is kind of over. We're kind of over that. We've moved past that and which is a great thing and you know everyone kind of works more together so um so yeah it it puts a great deal of um responsibility on your shoulders though to understand the brand that you're working for uh i mean for example an anthropology catalog looks nothing like any google campaign um and yet you know you're the one taking pictures for both How, how do you switch or is it just an intuitive understanding of what should be in the composition so you do have to understand the brand and you have to do your research and you have to listen to the creative directors and the art directors and find out their vision as well and kind of mold that into your style. And, you know, with a brand like anthropology, they, they're very creative and like a very successful company and they, you know, they don't mind like the kind of everything being perfect, you know, like, it's okay if things are a little out of focus and everything like that. Um, it, it, everything is very artistic and it's, you know, it's such like a pleasure working with them where Google is an amazing company. All the creative directors, everyone is so easy to work with. And for a company so built like that and it looks so structured, it actually isn't. They're just, they're very into hearing your thoughts and they just kind of want you to do your thing. And, um, but you always kind of, when you're shooting for these clients, you always kind of bring it back a little bit towards the end. It's kind of like when I know I have the shot, I know I have this really like cool artistic shot and like, we've got it. I kind of like take some safe shots too, because you never know at the end of the day, like who higher up in the company is making the decision. And it's, it's good that to have kind of like options for them, uh, especially now with digital and everything, everyone wants options. And I think with Google, you know, I wanted everything more in the frame. Like if there were, I was shooting a Google pixel campaign and I wanted the phone, the, the phone was kind of reaching, someone was reaching out towards my camera and I wanted the phone in in the shot. Plus I wanted the person's face in focus. And you know, so I would shoot at like F16 or something instead of shooting at like F, you know, three, two, or, you know, I like to shoot really shallow sometimes. And, um, where I knew I had to adapt 
you know, from shooting really shallow to shooting, you know, with a wide range of like F stops and everything like that. So you kind of do your homework and you, um, and at the end of the day, it's going to be your style and they're hiring you for what you want for your vision. Like they, they're hiring you for your style at the end of the day. So, um, so you just adapt as much as you can, but at the end of the day, it's going to be your style that's going to show through. I think that's a really important point for anyone that's building a portfolio um, to not just have one style or, or one um, aesthetic, to have a, a broad range of possible interpretations. Uh, you mentioned options, and, and that's a good lead into a couple of questions that I want to ask you. Uh, looking at your website, uh, there's a number of location shots and a number of studio shots. Um, tell me about the wor- those two worlds. Uh, what kind of shots you take either places, why you do one versus the other, and technically what's required um, in the field, what's required generally in your studio? Well, I I mean, I love shooting both. Um, some people kind of really gear more towards studio or gear more towards location. Um, uh, I, I, I definitely love a mixture. If I was shooting all in studio, then I'd really want to shoot more location. But shooting a lot of location, I'd want to shoot studio too. So, um, but you know, luckily I've had like a nice uh, variation of both. And I, I love for location. I love the the vibe of the location. I try to use as many natural elements as possible. Uh, whether it's like you know creating shadows with palm trees or reflections off windows off buildings, like using that or um, I, I just, I, I guess I try to use as much ambient light and natural elements as possible. I, I, I only rent, you know, equipment for if the weather's bad or if it's really overcast or they want a more sunny feel or, um, I really use more of that as a backup situation, uh, where studio is, is more like, you know, I love to mix window light with, you know, continuous light i love to mix continuous light with strobes whatever kind of the studio setting is i i mean i love to bring in as much natural light as possible no matter what situation i'm in but not that always isn't the the case i always don't have that so um i do love mixing light um i uh i don't know i truly love shooting in both environments the the location is there's definitely more elements and things you have to be aware of, like with the background and the way you're framing things. And sometimes you might just have a studio shoot that's just on a simple background and you don't have to really worry much about the background. It's more just about, you know, the models and like, you know, what they're doing and the, um, you know, the composition and the lighting and, you know, uh, the mood and everything like that. So, and just really focus on kind of what you're selling at that point. Um, well, I think the, the examples on your website from both, I think, are extraordinary and stunning. Um, uh, another another option um, that you that you present on, on your website is between film and digital. So tell me about your love for both. So I just started getting into film recently uh, in the last, I don't know, maybe like three years. Uh, I... Cause I, I started when digital was really popular. I, I haven't been like shooting for forever and I wasn't, you know, 
doing photography or didn't have a love for photography when I was growing up or anything like that. So uh, I never experienced the whole dark room thing or um, anything like that. And I, everyone was kind of bringing back film more and more each year. And, you know, everything changes so much now, you know, everyone has, is everything's so accessible. I always want to stay relevant and I thought it was cool that some clients were asking for film and I was like, well, I was like before too many asked me to shoot film, I really need to get ahead of this and <laughs> just brush back up on that. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I have a few like Pentex medium format film cameras and uh, just like Canon's like 35 millimeter film cameras and Olympus ones. And I've kind of just, I, I really do love the medium format ones. And I, uh, I know now that I'm the, the thing that's different about shooting film for me is for me, when I shoot digital, cause I'm so used to it, I get a little bit more out of like my crops and stuff. I'm more negative space, more interesting crops and everything where film I'm, I, if you look at my film shots, some of them are a little more centered than everything, um, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm starting to get back, you know, like the tilt angles with my film and I'm starting to get the crops a little bit more with it. Uh, but I, I really, I'm happy that I got back into it because a lot of photographers today with digital, you can just kind of fire off and shoot so many frames where, you know, you're almost not even thinking about it sometimes, you know, you kind of like, you kind of lose it where like almost like what you're trying to capture where film brought me back to that, like what I'm waiting more for a moment to happen instead of shooting through and just like, you know, with digital, I do see a moment and I do wait for it and capture it, but not like film. And I, I think film has taught me. I'm really glad I got back in or got into it because it's really taught me to be better with my digital camera as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, tell me a story about a shoot that was just extraordinary. I mean, that everything went right. It was, you know, nothing should be this good. Well, one of the, actually one of the Google campaigns, the first one I shot for him, I've, I've shot three now. Uh, the first campaign I shot for him, I was just getting back from a shoot in Austria, which was like, I think it was 11 day shoot. I was there for 13 days. I was exhausted, so tired. Um, I flew directly into New York and, um, and went, flew in that night and went straight into the Google campaign the next morning. And, you know, during these shoots, when you travel, you really don't sleep a lot and you're, you know, you're shooting all day and then you're helping edit at night and going through the creative with the creative director, all the images from that day and helping them put together it so they can send it out to maybe some other people that, that need to see it at the company to see how the shoot's going. And, um, I was just exhausted, but I had such a great crew on that shoot and we were doing video too. And, uh, that's something I've been doing over the last couple of years, um, and doing more and more of, and 
So we're shooting video and shooting stills. And I just, it just, everything just really clicked. The, the Google team's amazing. The Google producers, amazing. They're the, uh, the producers, uh, the creative team, the art directors, the creative directors, everyone was just really open to everything. And, um, at that point, I think I was a little delirious too. Maybe that's why it was so much fun. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was, uh, I think it was a four day shoot, three or four day shoot, something like that. Um, and it, I mean, it was just amazing. Everything clicked. Uh, we had, there was like 16 miles. Eliza was on that shoot. Uh, it was, it was just a magical shoot and it turned out really well. And I was really proud of it. And, uh, it was just a really great feeling coming off a really great shoot in Austria and going into another great shoot um, because we had so many like different weather elements and things in Austria that, you know, were really tough that we made the best of it. And I, it was very successful and, you know, going in the Google shoot was, was, uh, was the same thing. So it's really important to have a really great crew and, and it was great to have such a, a great client as well. And then I remember right when we wrapped that shoot, my family was already in a vacation that was uh, already should have been on in the Virgin Islands. So I flew out that night of the last shoot day straight to the Virgin Islands and made it in time to uh, to go kayaking with my son, uh, one of my sons at the time too. So that was, <laughs> and then I think I slept, I think I slept for a week after that. <laughs> Uh, in, in many ways, that sounds like, you know, the, the perfect life. But we all know that there's the dark side as well. Tell me a story about a shoot that did not go so well. Hmm. Well, before I go into the story, every everything does look more kind of glamorous from the outside. When you're going to shoot, you are working. And it helps to be very passionate about it because it doesn't feel like work, but it is a job. And we, you know, you are working and it's a lot of like prep and then some, sometimes post and, you know, and then when you're shooting it, you're, you have really long days and everything. So, you know, you really have to have a love for it. Um, because at the end of the day, it's, I'm so feel so fortunate and I'm so happy that I did found, find something that I'm passionate about because I truly, truly love what I do. Um, I think one particular shoot I'm thinking of, uh, we were in Europe and last year, and I remember, I guess it really wasn't a shoot that the shots didn't, it wasn't like necessarily a terribly bad shoot, but it's, uh, something that we deal with on all shoots, like whether it's weather or, you know, whatever it is, but being in photography for a while, you learn to adapt and you know what to do in all those situations. But there's some situations that you really can't prepare for. And that was everyone got, it was kind of like a food illness, I think. And I I really, I remember we, for a, for such a, a, like a big production, we only had maybe like, I, I don't know, in between 15 and 20 people around on set, maybe more like even 15. And, 
I, I just people were going down by the day, like you know, when, <laughs> when digital tech. I remember she like turned around and got sick, like on set, and was like, you know, like had to run off, and my assistant's grabbing the computer, and I'm shooting. You know, I always shoot tethered for the client so they can see what's coming in, and uh, and then. So then like we had PAs helping out with like my second assistant and like turning into my first assistant. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you, you weren't really prepared for that. And, and, and myself too, I'm more of like a germaphobe type of person. I'm kind of like a, like, I don't know if you've seen like Curb Your Enthusiasm, more like a Larry David character. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a goner. I'm going to be next. I'm going down. You know, I was like so stressed yeah. out. And it was just, it was very stressful for a few days. And then everyone started getting better. It was a long shoot. It was like a two-week shoot. And um, everyone started getting better. So it, the shoot turned out great. And and somehow, the, you know, those images turned out well and you know, through those days, even though we lost so many like important people that make that really make a shoot, like our creative director, our art director, our stylist went down, like everyone, we all just kind of pitched in and, you know, like helped out with other people's positions. Uh, So it was very challenging. And I mean, but the client was, you know, so great and such an amazing production company. And they just really were all hands-on and like helped us, you know, kind of get through those like three or four days where everyone was really sick. But, uh, but it was, it was stressful for a moment, but, uh, and ended up being all okay on the end. And I, I maybe even turned out to be one of our better shoots for that client. So it, it all worked out. And did you wind up getting sick? No, no, I, my first <laughs> and myself and, uh, and the the client and one of the main clients that were there um the more like the creative director uh didn't so the us the three of us were kind of um uh, somehow somehow didn't get it <laughs> you know you lucked out there yeah um just a, just a couple more questions um Real basic one here. Assume you're somebody listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I really do want to do fashion, but I haven't got that portfolio yet. I haven't got anything to show anyone other than, you know, pictures of family or something like that. Um, what advice have you got for somebody who's got the desire and is just starting out? You know, I don't, I don't know. I really think that, you know, the more you practice, like I said, some other people take different roads where they sh- you know, they just go to school maybe for photography and they uh, go straight to assisting, you know, maybe a RA successful photographer and um, she or he like gives them opportunity to, you know, they kind of break off from that and then kind of go and build their own clients. I I think, you know, these companies that have e-com studios, I really think that it's it's really good if you can get in even as like an intern to like a e-commerce studio or something and show your interest in photography and maybe, you know, like really kind of build your, build your portfolio on your own. Like, you know, whether if you love like portraiture photography or fashion or anything and uh, maybe like a local store will... Uh, 
be kind and let you use their clothes and you have a model. It's kind of like all these people that you meet in the beginning, like you just find people that basically have the same goals as you because those people, even if they're not in a very, they're not already established and they're not in that, they're kind of coming up with you. So all the people that you meet in photography school and all this, like there are people that might end up being in a position before you that they can give you a shot at, you know, something. So if they're an art director or a stylist or, you know, it's a lot of it has, has to do with people, you know, but you do have to have the work behind it. You do, do have to just start from the bottom and just shoot whatever you can and just kind of mold your style, whether it is shooting family or photojournalism styles or portraits of people or, you know, and, and once you have that, all that under your belt and you've worked enough where you have enough, someone, you know, will just give you a chance. And I think working with all these other creative people, you kind of all come up at the same time. And, um, I don't know. I think that, you know, you just really have to be flexible because you're going to get shot down a lot. And, you know, there's going to be times where you really got to do all this like other work and assisting and other things. I, I think if you could just be a production assistant on set or anything like, you know, these aren't things that you're necessarily going to be like so happy to do, but in the, in the end goal might seem so far away, but it's, it's, it's a lot closer than you think. You just, I, I really thought like I was like always too nice to people like when I started out and, and I think being nice to people actually paid off because there's all these people that were not really disrespectful, but they were like, Oh, Landon's, you know, uh, he needs to shoot more like this, or I wish he could, we would hire him if he could be more like shoot more like this photographer does or everything. And those same people are some of the people that are hiring me now. And, you know, at the end of the day, when they show me an inspiration deck, it's a lot of, it's just my work. And they're like, just do what you do and shoot these things. And, you know, that was kind of like a breaking point for me. I was like, wow, no one's really asking me to shoot like anyone else anymore. They're asking me to shoot like me. They want me to do what I do. They want my work. They want my vision. And, um, you know, like, I think learn from someone that is already successful and learn from, and this goes for anything. I feel like there, if you find yourself in a position where a person is not, if you don't have like a, like a cheerleader, if you don't have a person that like wants to see you succeed, then switch it up and, and it's okay. Find a different path, find a different person. Because once you find that person that's already in a position that wants to see you succeed, then that's a good position to be in. If you have a person that's there for you that wants to see you succeed. I remember doing e-com and there's this one creative director was like, you, you're doing all this side work, you know, you're really hustling and this location stuff you've been doing, like just kind of on your own looks great. Let's do a shoot for this brand. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm flying to Mexico to shoot or 
um, Portugal or Austria and all these different places. And it just, it just kind of starts happening so fast. So it, it, it really just takes sometimes just one person to really believe in you. That's wonderful advice that, that is, that's inspiring me. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you, sir. This has been a a wonderful uh, chance to chat with you. Um, Right now. And I have to ask you a question. Has COVID-19, has that really messed up the fashion shooting world? Oh, uh, absolutely. It's, you know, I haven't, um, my last shoot I've done was on in mid March. Uh, you know, I've kind of been a little creative in between. Like I've, uh, I did this story about my children during quarantine for this uh, publication in Paris, uh, recently. And I've just been taking photos of them around the house. Uh, you know, some kind of off where they're not so pretty, you know, like more like just kind of on their iPads or something like that, <laughs> a little bit more real. And, uh, and then ones of the, us also having fun as well. But, um, you know, I, I'm talking to, I actually had a phone conversation with a client today, um, that is looking to shoot. It's kind of keeps on getting pushed out a little bit more, but there, uh, a lot of clients have been, starting to contact my agent again and everything like that. So it's, it looks like it's, you know, it's, I, you know, it's going to happen. I'm very positive, but I, you know, and I might happen slower than, you know, you want to for things to start getting back, but you know, it will, you know, everyone wants to go out there and everyone wants to shoot. It's just, they just haven't really quite made the leap yet. Um, so you know, but we see people planning things out for the next couple months. And that was, you know, really great to see. And I was really happy about that. So hopefully those dates still stay in place and these things happen. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, other than that, we'll hope that that leap comes soon. Definitely. 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 Well, once again, Landon, thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody, this has been another podcast from Frames Magazine. Hello, it's Tomasz. I am the editor of Frames. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I can imagine you would like to hear more about what we are currently working on. Later this year, we will be launching a quarterly printed photography magazine. It will be a beautifully designed, inspiring publication. I personally truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper, hence the idea of frames. To find out more about frames and to join more than 14,000 photography enthusiasts who enjoy our weekly newsletter, go ahead and visit frames.photography. I would love to have you in our community. Thanks so much.